The evil that men do lands on. We gonna bang your head! You are now listening to the Music Mania podcast, a hard-hitting show featuring all things hard rock and heavy metal. And now here are your hosts, the twins of chaos, Clint Switzer and Paul Lagana. So rise again, Music Mania podcast. It's Clint Schweitzer and Paul Laganet, and today we are being joined by a very special guest that we're going to get to in just a moment, Mr. Mike Tramp of White Lion. Paul, one of the, really the great frontmen of the 80s, uh, definitely one of the better looking frontmen of the 80s, and Mike is making his third appearance here on this show. I mean, this is going to be your first time speaking with him, man. This is going to be great. So glad to have him on. Uh, I can't wait, Clint. I mean, Mike Tramp, to me, uh, epitomized the front man of the 80s. Uh, to me, they didn't get the credit that they deserved, I thought. Uh, they were more along the lines of, you know, like maybe a steel heart or a great white, maybe something like that. But to me, they lyrically, they were, they were top five for me. They were different. I mean, When the Children Cry was their big ballad that was not a sappy love song. White Line was different. They were not an L.A. band. They were a New York band. And I think white, I'd, I think I'd put them a notch above, maybe a steel heart, maybe even great white. It's tough. Uh, you got the tears of 80s hair metal, as, as we always put it. You've got the uh, really the Motley Crue's, Bon Jovi's, Def Leppard's, Poisons even. And then kind of maybe the notch below with like the Dawkins. Uh, you know, Warrant, uh, I mean, maybe right. White Lions kind yeah. of in that category, but they had big, they had the, the, the four really big albums, and Pride was huge for them and, and really uh, big game. But they had those big MTV hits, they had the look, so of course, yeah, they were an 80s hair band. You can, you could say that, and but Mike is doing a, a solo acoustic tour right now, going to be hitting Kansas City, the scene rock bar, coming up September 14th, don't want to miss that. And Mike, he seems to be in a great place, man. Uh, you know, he's doing his thing, he's not trying to go out and reinvigorate the uh, old White Lion name with no original band members. He's out there doing his thing, and you can't fault him for that. He was here a year ago, great to have him back here in Kansas City. Absolutely, and to me, White Lion, back in the 80s, were just incredible for me i mean i like you said when the children cry uh little fighters always been my favorite white lion song yeah, yeah little, little fight i love that i mean you had weight you had hungry um broken heart they had a lot of really big hits but i think that and you we were talking before uh you know we started recording how critically you know they just never got the credit i mean i never Vito brought on guitar was a monster james lomenzo i mean yeah. they had a really good band like i said before the credit that i felt that they deserved i didn't think they got so uh, i can't wait to talk to him about that and uh as you said i haven't talked to him yet but i cannot wait yeah he uh we were able to interview him in person last year when, when he was here on his tour and then a couple years ago he did our very first i think music mania podcast was actually with uh, mike tramp and we can't thank him enough it's because of people like Mike Tramp that, uh, you know, gave us a shot, you know, gave us an interview, believed that we were, you know, uh, not going to be ridiculous or be screw ups or, you know, <laughs> just be generally, you know, uh, ask ridiculous questions, you know, that the, because of people like Mike Tramp, definitely Jeff Pelson early on because of that, that's where the podcast is today. And we can't thank you, the fans enough for, for listening because we love to bring you these guests each and every week. It's uh, our pleasure and just keep listening 
Hit us up on our social medias, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram. Thanks for downloading Man on iTunes, YouTube. We love we love to hear the interaction. We love to, to hear from you guys, the fans. That's what's important to us. Absolutely. And, and we love bringing this to you guys, and we appreciate every single thing that you guys uh, let us know about. And it is our pleasure to once again welcome uh, one of our favorite guests back to the Music Mania podcast, uh, Mr. Mike Tramp, who has just returned to America, getting ready to step forth on an, another big tour. Mike, welcome to the show. How's everything going? It's great to have you back, man. Great to be back. Thanks for wanting to listen to me. Oh, absolutely. It's just uh, great to have you back in America. I know you're out in L.A. right now getting ready to, to, to set forth on this uh, acoustic tour. But you, you're starting the tour in New York, so you got a, you got a ways to go to get this thing started, man. Well, yeah, you know, I just fly into New York, but I, I got all my gear here. I got my guitar, and I was, before I go back to Europe, I'll leave stuff here. So, you know, it's easy just to come into L.A. and do a couple of things. Plus, I have to do the album cover photo session for the next album, and, you know, kind of stuff taken care of. Well, you talk about the next album, but, uh, you know, Nomad just came out last summer, and it was a, just a really good album. Kind of set forth a trilogy for uh, the, the, the albums you've done with a uh, Museum and Cobblestone Street. So what's this next one going to be like? Kind of a new direction or just kind of going off of uh, those other three? No, no. I'll ask what you just said. I mean, I am where I want to be. I'm not going anywhere else. It's, it's, it's not about... Um, it's not about finding new frontiers or, or or inventing tomorrow and stuff like that. I'm a classic rock artist and, and I just wanted a trilogy just to kind of build me back up to where I wanted to do, which was like Cobblestone Street and Monk Museum. Took those kind of steps it did and then on the on, on Nomad, which is the album that I tour now, is a full band album. It, you know, it it is just going through that process makes you feel really good when you finally arrive to to where you're aiming at. Well, this has just been great. I you're you've the shows have been critically acclaimed here in America. You're uh, returning actually to the scene in Kansas City September uh, 14th. So we want to publicize that, guys. Definitely come back and check that out. You were here last March where we got to got to kind of hang out and talk a little bit. And what I didn't realize about you, Mike, is you are very adept to kind of American politics and social things. I mean, and there's just been a lot going on here in America, Mike. I mean, my gosh, since you've been gone, there's just been a lot of, and most of it negative, unfortunately, but I know that you uh, love this country and what it stands for, and a lot of your lyrics in White Lion and Now are just so positive, but what, what do we do here? I mean, we got an election coming up. Things just aren't, aren't going great right now here in America, man. Well, it's kind of like sometimes how you have to look at your own career. You have to go outside the house and look in through the windows, you know, and it's like, you know, I lived in the U.S. for 21 years, and then later on I moved to Australia, and then finally, you know, on the journey, I sort of returned back home to where I was born and raised in Denmark. And now, you know, when I wake up in the morning, I start, you know, with CNN and Fox News, and, and, and you know, at time, there are times when I almost cannot get going with the day because I've been loaded up with so much you know, bullshit, and because in the end, I don't really believe what's being told to us, because everything has to have a big headline for people to react to it, you know, everything has to have some sort of shock value, I mean, why do I need to wake up in the morning to see a clip of a woman in China being eaten by a tiger? It's not really exactly going to help my day and stuff like that. And they're going back with Hillary and, and, and Trump back and forth like that, or, 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 or Black Lives Matter, or cop killing, stuff like that. And you just go, holy cow, where is, where is life going? Where is life taking us? Who is following this news? You know, and, and, and in a lot of situations, you do understand that it's really just a little street corner 
with this happened on, but it's been blown up to that this is on every street corner of the United States. And of course, we know that's not the truth, but it's very alarming, and I don't have the answer. I just know that sometimes when I get pulled into this, it takes me a lot of time to get out of it, and it's incredible dangerous. It is, and uh, I guess we can just hope that things uh, things get a little better here in the future. I know there's uh, this election coming up. Don't really, not really a fan of either candidate here, so I don't really uh, know where to go with that. I don't know if you have a none of the above, Mike. <laughs> no, no, you know it's a, it's a lesser of two evils. You know that one has to be elected and stuff like that. But you know what? Everybody's putting the focus on two people. There are the two new people getting in there, but let's not forget that there is a government that has messed it up for the last many, 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 many years. You know, and so and so. Now you just got two people coming that that you focus. That they're the two people that's going to change it all. The government and the world and everything is so messed up around the world and most people don't have time to, to feed the kids go to the work and come back home to follow what really is going on and and that's just really the, where the dangerous people are badly informed about the situation stuff like that so i really don't think it really got to matter in in in, in uh, whoever it's going to be because there's still a, a senate there's still a government sitting behind making some of the decisions absolutely mike and uh we absolutely appreciate uh, anything that you've got for us. So uh, on that front, but uh, uh, well, you know, I just I just try to I just try to uh, just try to survive myself and and, and 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 find out if there's a happy happy place where I can enjoy playing the music and, and enjoying being with people and not and not getting up every day and stuff like that. And I know I'm getting I'm sucking myself into this because I'm letting it happen. You know, and now, you know, finally I'm getting out to play the music and being with some good people and seeing the country, the country that I love and some good people. So it's going to be very good. Yeah, you know, and absolutely so. And I tell you, Mike, you know, uh, one thing about you and and getting back to kind of your your tour and and kind of what you do, um, I want to make people, you know, make sure people are clear that, you know, when you come into their town, man, you are such a proponent of the music. You, You love music. Your acoustic sets are kind of a mixture of your your solo material and and some white lion classics i mean how gratifying is it for you because this is such a different whirlwind for you you're you're driving around mostly by yourself if if i remember right you're like driving around by yourself touring the country you come up and this has just got to be such a different whirlwind for you than it was in the 80s big arenas big tours a lot of debauchery but now it's just such a different time i mean how great is it for you and it's got to be really gratifying for you to be able to do this right now well, it's, it's incredible gratifying, but, you know, I wouldn't have predicted that 25 years ago that this is where I would end up. Basically, this is a complete full circle where I, I, I sort of return back to how I was raised and how I, I started writing songs. Um, it just happens that most people in the United States uh, that followed the rock and roll in the 80s knows me as one thing. And, you know, a small selection of them have chosen to to follow the artist and seeing the artist both grow, but also return in a way to, to the, tr- the true self of the artist. And, and now it, it, it's not just what, what I want to do, it's also basically just a reality of this is the only thing that I can do. I mean, I can't, I, you know, 
I can't tour the United States with a band, or there really ain't a budget for it and stuff like that. So, so I'm happy that I'm able to go around and feel completely confident and offer a show, um, which is sort of more like you know um, storytelling with a guitar, and, and and just bringing people in because you can go back home and put on the old albums. And you can you can turn on YouTube and you can watch some of the videos from the 80s. Now when you come to the club, and in most cases there'll be hardly people there, you're just being taken in and being told some some some, some other sides of, 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 of the story that you didn't know. And, and, and it's great to be there because I'm comfortable with where I am in life right now. Listen, we could all want more. There's no doubt about it. There could still be more money in the bank. I could still have a better life. But overall, I'm very confident as who I am as a human being. I don't search or strive for anything else but what I am, and I'm not going anywhere else. Well, Mike, I know you've been on the show before, but uh, actually I haven't had a chance to talk to you. So uh, I was just kind of curious about, uh, you know, back in the 80s when you had those that uh, success with uh, Fight to Survive, Pride, Big Game, and Main Attraction. Um, to me, they didn't really get the... Uh, critically acclaimed success that I thought they should have. So uh, could you talk a little bit about that and uh, what, what your feeling was on that? Well, I mean, looking back, we have all the answers. We all know where we should be putting the ball. We already know, you know, where the defense should go and something like that. You know, back then, we did exactly what we knew at that time. And, and the business did exactly what they knew at that time. And, you know, sometimes you forget in reality how lucky you were that you were the band that got signed, that you were the band that a one radio station in, in Minneapolis in 1987 took a chance and played weight. And, and the response from the audience was that great. And next week, a station in San Diego did the same. And suddenly it was wildfire across the United States. It could have gone the opposite way because basically after the four or five months on the road, the record company had sort of given up. So the band and its song broke the band. And after that, the record company was great at selling the albums like a big machine. At that time, we only did what we knew at that time. And every morning when we were up, it would be a new day where we would learn. And at times we thought we maybe knew more than we did. But we went with it. Now when you look back, you saw somehow maybe wish that you had had some better advisors, some people that could explain to you that in the future things would change and nothing would last. But when somebody told me that maybe I should save some money up for retirement, I didn't want to hear about it because I was 27 years old and I just got money in my bank for the first time in my life. And that goes for, I'm sure, a lot of bands from that era where success came so fast and furious. But I think a lot of people, what people don't realize, White Lion, uh, you know, and, and Mike, I've told you this, we've, you know, we've met before, we've hung out, we've, we've had a beer together. I, White Lion's one of my favorite bands of all time. And I think what people don't realize, when you've got Vito Broad on guitar, James Lomenzo on bass, Greg D'Angelo, this is the classic lineup, that band is as... I'm just talented music musically as you will find in that era and I think that's what you know Paul just alluded to as far as the lack of critical acclaim that band was absolutely on fire and your vocals are as you know I mean as recognizable as any in rock I mean that's just how that's the case 
You know, I appreciate that, but you also got to understand that when you look back at the 80s right now, everything is put into one box. And so everybody with blonde, long blonde hair and a microphone in the hand gets gets just as one person. It doesn't matter if it's Vince Neil, Brett Michaels, Mike Amber, Sebastian Bach, we're all just one. You're, you're digging deep in and you understand that White Line is stood very far from any Sunset Strip band. We were a New York band coming out of a freezing basement with a completely different form of songwriting. The lyrics based upon that I was raised European and had a bigger outlook on life just shows that I didn't want to sing about tits and ass. I didn't <laughs> want to sing about beer and stuff like that. But in the middle of the 80s, we all looked the same on MTV. So it's kind of hard to make that claim at that time that you're different. When you now are grown older and the fans go back, and those that really want to dig deep into the music and analyze that, yes, there is a, a great difference between Poison and White Line or Warrant, but it really doesn't matter anymore. It's, it's you know, it's, it's, it's up to each individual person of what they like, and I'm not certainly going to get any more credit by saying that, but we know that when all radio stations make, you know, programs around the country calling House of Hair, here are they now or whatever it is they all put everything into one box if you pull out the individual albums you will understand that one thing is what's on the cover and what another thing is what's on the vinyl or the cassette tape or the CD and I'm proud to have been you know 50% of the songwriting team of White Line and the legacy we left behind with the songs and those are the songs that I now go out and play on acoustic guitar and take people back and you will hear the quality of the songs and the lyrics when they're just performed by just me. No doubt about it. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the lyrics because uh, to me that actually sets you guys apart, I think, from a lot of the 80s bands. For instance, uh, When the Children Cry, I mean, uh, what a deep, deep uh, uh, song that was. Uh, just talk a little bit about the, the lyrics, and you had alluded to that uh, you were 50%. Uh, you, what went into the lyrics of basically uh, all those albums? Well, you know, I mean, it's not like I sat and researched a lot of this kind of stuff. It's kind of just, you know, without, without you know, putting anyone down, being raised in Denmark, which is a very, very country that's aware of the world, and, and we're getting fed that from early age, I was much more aware of any issues going on in the world than when I came to the United States and I started playing with my band members, where some of them had not never even seen seen the ocean, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, you know? But the thing is that in 1985, when I sit in New York writing this song, by myself and starting with these lines and then now you jump 31 years later yep. and you go the lyrics means more today than the men back there 1985 Ronald Reagan was the president Russia was definitely the enemy if, if you look at it politically and at the same time America was in a pretty good state People were overall happy. We didn't have all this bullshit that's going on today. You know, they were kind of like, people were following basically, you know, logic and stuff like that. That a song can last that long and still mean more today and stronger today is just the strength of the words. And it's not like the words are brilliant, they're just honest, true facts. Absolutely, and Mike, I tell you what, you, um, 
I always just get so much out of talking to you and uh, get such a positive outlook. That's always what I have. I mean, you look great. The shows are, are are wonderful. I mean, you just are in such a good place. You can just tell. And I mean, you've got you got a different perspective. You got a few kids now and married, I believe. And just, I mean, gosh, what a you talk about thirty one years later. I mean, what your life has changed so much in that time. And to have kids, it gives you perspective, doesn't it? Of course, I have actually for the second time. Uh, my oldest son, Dylan, who just um, who just turned twenty two and just finished his bachelor degree, uh, is joining me for the whole U.S. tour. And um, we sat last night and talked about when he was born in L.A. in ninety four, and and how everything was at that time. And now we're here today, and and we're going across the country and stuff like that. You know, life is not easy for me. When I wake up in the morning, I don't even know where I am in my soul because I now live by a famous uh, line from my one of my, my, my songwriting heroes, the line up from Felicity, and that is, my home is where my heart is, but my heart is not at home. Right. And I'm never home. I'm never home. I now live in a triangle because I'm born and raised one place where I live, my wife and two other children at some other place, and my oldest son is the third place. So I tell you what, man, this is where life sometimes leads you when you take a chance. I, I jumped on a ship when I was 16 years old and, and sailed across the seven oceans, and, and you pay the price somehow down the road. That is very very true and you know I, i'm just glad to glad to hear your son's coming out with you that's awesome i know i'd read some stuff that he'd been doing a lot of good work you know on his own to get to this point so i mean mike before we let you go i mean on a lighter note because we always wind up talking about serious subjects but you i know this you're a you're a, a big dallas cowboys fan okay now dallas they're, they're one of the, those polarizing teams in the nfl that either you love them or hate them you're a fan they they came two years ago nearly to the super bowl and then last year it was a disaster with Romo getting hurt. What's going to happen to, to your Cowboys this year? And since you're going to be in America for a little while, are you going to be able to go catch a game at some point? Yeah, you know, sports have changed so so much, man, since I since I grew up. I mean, I tell you the truth to the to the listeners out there. The reason why the Dallas Cowboys became my team is like it's the first NFL game I saw in 1982 when I came to America, and Dallas were playing. I. I don't. I can't remember who they were playing, but they just became my team. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's a big difference in growing up in Dallas and it being your team there, than being someone from Copenhagen, Denmark, that choose Dallas Cowboys. Of course, it doesn't mean the same thing to me anymore. Like when I lived here and I was able to sit and have you know all the games right in front of me every every single you know single weekend and stuff like that. Now it's just about and and you know it it almost seems like. Teams are not what they used to be. Sport is not what they used to be. It's a bunch of individuals on contracts, you know, doing their duty where it felt like more in the old days people were really playing a little bit more for the passion and from where they came from than really about how much bling they can wear and, and how, <laughs> how big cars they can play. And the same goes with, with, with uh, you know, uh, Premier League soccer in Europe, which is, which of course is what I, you know, what grew up with and which is my passion. It just seems like it, 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 it's mercenaries. It's, it's not teammates anymore. Absolutely, yeah. And Paul, my partner here, he is—he's like your exact age, and he always says, "I'm—I'm I'm only thirty-two." 
Paul, 52, coming up, he always says the same thing. And I go, hey, you know, it's not so bad. And he goes, hey, back in my day, back in the 70s and 80s, that was when it was better. So, hey, maybe there's something to this. I'm going to concede to you guys on this, I guess. There's no doubt about it, Mike. <laughs> but you know, every, everything in life always ends up with a dollar. It, it, right. it does. See, every decision that's made, if it's made with, with sending an army overseas, or if it's electing someone to office, it always comes down to the end of the day of putting Kiss on stage. It has everything to do with the mighty dollar. It is the root to all evil. It absolutely is. But I tell you what, Mike, we're just so excited. And I told you when we did our interview in person last time, I, I talked about uh, how my girlfriend that I took to Rocklahoma 07 tried to leave, wanted to leave me for you. Now, I'm not going to be bringing her to the acoustic show September 14th uh, because we just can't have history repeating itself. But I'm so excited for that show. <laughs> September 14th, guys, it's at the scene, Kansas City. And I want everyone to go uh, you know, to the scene, Kansas City, on Facebook and figure out how to get tickets. And, uh, of course, MikeTramp.dk, I believe, is uh, the website to find out all the tour dates for you, correct? Mike Tramp Facebook, or Mike Tramp, official Facebook, Mike Tramp official. Absolutely. Uh, Mike, Paul and I are going to be there September 14th. We're going to come say hello, hopefully have a beer with you because it's uh, been a year and a half since we've seen you and it's going to be great to to ha- hit up this show. We're going to bring a lot of people with us and we're going to we're so excited to have you back. And uh, guys, the, sh- the, the tour runs all the way through October in America and then back, I believe, uh, to Europe after that. So l- busy couple months coming up for you, Mike. And we're just so happy for you, man. We love it. And you're, you're, you know, you're a brother to us. You're, you're just uh, our favorite guest. In fact, you just surpassed, I believe, Jeff Pilsen and you're now the most uh, you've uh, frequent guest here on the Music Mania podcast. So congratulations for that, too. I appreciate that. You know, some people go get up in the morning to go mow somebody else's lawn. I get up and I play the guitar and sing, and I hope to make some people happy. I'm looking forward to get back to Kansas and and uh, just do what I do and just share it with the people. One thing for, true, for sure is that I invite people into my soul. So when I am done with the show, you know who I am. Absolutely, Mike. Can't wait to come say hello again. It's uh, been a pleasure. Hey, uh, safe travels out there for you and your son, and let's, uh, yeah, rock it out there, man. We'll see you in September. Thanks, guys. See you, Mike. Clint, Mike Tramp, unbelievable. Hey, the third time's the charm. Three times to have him on this show. It's a pleasure. Just, he's a, you know, man, I consider him a rock and roll blood brother, man. It's been uh, you know, I think four years since we last had him on um, uh, on the podcast. We got to meet him in person, do an interview uh, just last year, year and a half ago. But to have him on here to 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 hear those stories, and you know, Mike's a very uh, politically driven guy. He has a lot of a lot of a lot of things to say about politics. And you know, we right. don't, I don't know a whole lot about politics, but Mike really brings it. Hey, and and he comes from your school of thought. I mean, he's a Cowboys mm-hmm. fan, but he love sports the way maybe they used to be you and you and him are kindred spirits in that regard right <laughs> what he said uh about back in the 80s uh the politics at that time with ronald reagan uh he was right the 80s were a happy place back then and uh you know today not so much but you know what for my yeah, thanks stained <laughs> <laughs> well, for Mike Tramp, uh, like you said, he is in a great place right now, and uh, uh, the stories that he uh, alluded to were unbelievable. Yeah, and he's got his son out with him. Uh, man, and I tell you what, I was shocked. Um, last year, whenever we uh, had our interview scheduled with Mike at the venue, um, we got there to do the interview, and Mike pulled up uh, just in a rental car himself with his gear in the back. He comes out, hey, let's do it. He had been on the road. I think he had driven a couple hours from where he drives all over the country to do this it's unbelievable he's on he's on the road 
for months on right. end just on the, in a car. Hey, I'm jealous. That's Paul. We've been on the road for eight, nine days at a time. Mm-hmm. I want to do it for three months. Well, he Mike. loves what he does, Clint. And, yeah. you know, for me, that's all you can ask for. Uh, these guys here, they're doing what they love. They still do what they love. And we absolutely love to hear what they're doing today as well as back then. And you got to support it, guys. Uh, make sure you go to you know Mike's official site, which is MikeTramp.dk, and uh, get you all of the up-to-date information. His Facebook page, Official Mike Tramp, and Twitter. Uh, just follow the guy. Go see one of his shows. It's just uh, it's a very intimate setting. Plays a lot of the White Lion hits acoustically. It is a great way to hear the songs. Uh, and Mike's a great guy. He'll hang out and, and, and take pictures and sign anything you got. So thanks so much to White to uh, Mike and and love the interview, love bringing you guys the show. Absolutely, it's great stuff, man. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter is the way to get a hold of us. Everybody have a great day, and we will see you next time.